Hey guys. So, welcome back to the pod. Here is my thought process. I'm just going to start talking. And then maybe it'll go somewhere. But also, because I listened to the original pod, like, probably 15 times over the course of recording it, trying to edit it, trying to upload it, making sure it uploaded properly, I realized that I actually was approximately all over the place. And I could do better than that. So... On today's pod, we're going to talk about failure, and I'm going to cover some of my most embarrassing failures, and I'll explain to you guys how I kind of have moved past them. I think this probably won't be that inspirational, but at least you can get a laugh out of it. Let's start with my first failure. Not chronologically, but the first one that could come to my mind, and that is cutting my own bangs. I don't understand why I thought it would be a good idea to cut my own bangs. Not once, but like three times now. Because I cut curtain bangs in high school. I had my friend Emma cut curtain bangs over the summer. And then I came to school and decided to cut my own bangs again. Why was this a good idea? It wasn't. It was horrendous. Every single time, it looked bad. And I think that people were just telling me it looked good to save my feelings from being hurt. But genuinely, I looked stupid now that I look back on photos. So I cut my own bangs maybe like a month and a half ago. And it just looked terrible. I just don't know why in my head I was convinced it looked okay. But then I decided I was going to go home. And while I was home, I said, you know what? I'll have access to a car. I'll have access to people I know. Let me go get my bangs fixed so I don't look stupid. I make my appointment. I drive there. And I explain to the woman what happened. I was like, look, my hair has bangs. And they need to be fixed. And she legitimately looked me in the mirror and said, whoever did this to your hair hates you. Bruh. Let me tell you, that was an ego hit. I couldn't admit to her that I genuinely did that myself. So I straight up looked at her, looked at her and said, yeah, like I got my hair done in the South. Like, I don't know. I guess the woman just hated me because I legitimately could not admit to the fact that my hair looked so bad every single time. And I still am dealing with the consequences. Like I can't put my hair up without this weird thick strand falling from my left side. Why? Man, it's just the consequences of my own actions. But damn, like every time I think it's a good idea and then I do it anyway. I don't, I think that's the definition of insanity where you just do something and expect a different result every time. But I continue to do it. I did it in high school with a little eyebrow razor because that's when curtain bangs were in. And then again, over the summer, I was like, ah, I gotta change it up. Curtain bangs, why would I just not go pay to get my hair done? Why? Like sometimes you need to realize that you cannot do things yourself. And that was a big realization for me. 
Because as much as I like to try and do things myself, at the end of the day, it might turn out terribly. If you have no problem walking around genuinely proud of your work, by all means go for it. But let me tell you, when I looked in the mirror, I looked stupid every single time. And it led to the point that I straight up could not admit my own defeat that I lied to the woman at the hair salon. That is the first lesson. Sometimes you have to admit your own defeat. Because, wow, did I fail on three different occasions? Absolutely. And looking back on it, I think it would have cleared my conscience a little bit to just say, yeah, I did this, that's why it looks this bad. Will you help me fix it? Why do you have to white lie? You don't. Just tell the truth. Admit your own defeat. To move on to the next story, we're going to talk about one of probably my most impactful failures of all time. And let me set the scene. It's seventh grade going into eighth grade in the summer, in June. I, my family and I were in France, in Paris, on a vacation. And for some reason, I just was stupid. Maybe because I was like 13. I don't really know. I can't justify it. And there's no reason to try and justify it. But we're in Paris. We're in a hotel. We are on our way out. So the elevators in that particular hotel and honestly all of Europe are pretty small and my family consists of five people my younger sister me my older sister and my mom and my dad all of us were together so when we had our big luggage the only people that could go down in the elevator were my little sister me and my mom okay no problem so we get all of our luggage down My little sister puts her stuff down. I put my stuff down. My mom puts her stuff down. And she says, okay, wait for your older sister and your dad while I go check out. Watch the bags. And I said, yep, no problem, mom. Did my 13-year-old self watch the bags? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I said, "Mm, what is a good idea? Let me sit on the stairs like 10 feet to the left and play doodle jump on my phone. Oh my god, I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. Because my mom says, watch the bags. And I said, okay, yeah, no problem. This is me being naive, and I've never had to worry about this while I was in the U.S., so I, it didn't cross my mind that, oh, I should actually watch the bags because something might happen. And my mother goes to check out at the counter and comes back to get a credit card to pay for something. I don't remember. And she goes, Paige, where's the purse? Like, where's my backpack? And I said, what do you mean? It's right there. Like, is it not? And so my mom is frantically searching. At this point, my dad and my older sister had come downstairs and we were all searching and my mom's like flipping out. So... What is the first thought? Oh my God, someone stole it. We talked to the people at the hotel 
who were very uncooperative. And my mom was like, look through the footage, blah, blah, blah. Someone just walked by and picked up the bag. And here's the problem. Normally, if it was a bag that had like a phone and a wallet, that's okay. Because those things are easy to replace. Obviously, yes, it's a financial burden and it's, it sucks. But this is where I really failed. The reason my mom put such an emphasis on watching the bags was because all five of my family's passports were in that bag. All five. Mine, my little sister, older sister, mom, and dad. All of our passports. And someone just picked up the bag and walked away. Mind you, we were on our way out of the country at this point. We were checking out of the hotel. And here's the best part. Checking out of the hotel, the next day was a Sunday, so the embassy was closed, the U.S. embassy, so that we could go and prove our citizenship and then get a temporary passport or whatever to get back into the United States. The next day was a Sunday, so the embassy was closed. The day after that was the 4th of July, so the embassy was closed. The day after that was a national strike, so the embassy was closed, because people in France just strike frequently. So we would have to wait like three or four more days to even get to the embassy to get temporary passports when we had a flight in like three hours, four hours. Obviously, this stressed my parents out. We get in the car, we get to the airport, the entire ride to the airport, my parents are on the phone, Like, they're arguing, understandably, like, my dad is canceling all the credit cards, my mom is trying to disable her phone. Mind you, like, four days before, my older sister got her phone stolen. So, this was just overall really bad. And I was sitting there in the very back of this taxi, it was like a three-row thing, and I was just like, oh my god, this is all my fault. And it took me a very long time to admit that this was completely my fault. And... I still feel bad to this day. Granted, my parents clown on me all the time. They're like, well, why don't you just go play doodle jump? Man, and you know what? I deserve it. I really do deserve it. But we get to the airport, and I just remember sitting in a customs room for probably like an hour and a half while my parents just talked to French police. And somehow somehow we had paper caught like photocopies of our passports because my parents are smart people and they were like ah we're just gonna make photocopies god bless my parents they're so smart and so somehow the french police led us on this airplane to go back to the united states with only paper copies of our passports weird and in my head i get on the plane i fall asleep i'm like ah Problem, that wasn't English, problem resolved. Well, no, it's not, Paige, because when you think things are getting better, they actually are going to get worse. Did I forget that when you return from a foreign country, you have to go through customs in America, too? So I am exhausted at this point. We had just gotten off like a six hour, six, I feel like it definitely is eight. I don't know. I'm going with eight. We had just gotten off 
an eight-hour flight. My parents were exhausted. My two sisters and myself are exhausted. I feel bad because my parents had spent so much time on the phone, canceling credit cards, and doing all of this, and talking to police, X, Y, and Z. We get to customs in the U.S., and at this point, my two sisters and myself are minors, so we don't go through customs alone. We go through with our parents. And we get there, and they're like, passports. And we had to look at this customs man dead in the face and say, actually, um, <laughs> funny story, we don't have them. And this man just looks at us and like, what? What do you mean? And then I'm fuzzy on some of the details because I was 13 and definitely not paying attention. But we walk into this customs room in the United States. And this is terrifying because it's like just a blank room and there's a big desk kind of like a reception type desk where all of these TSA and police people are sitting. And I just remember this man was getting interrogated like right in front of me because he said he was coming to the U.S. for school, that he was going to like Yale or something, but he had zero documentation of it. And they were like hounding him for documentation, blah, blah, blah. I'm pretty sure my parents get taken into, like, a different room where they have to explain everything that happened again. And eventually, they're like, look, here's the deal. We really, like, it is policy that we send you back to France. But actually, man, we're just gonna let this one slide. I, I have no words to describe the fact that that happened. We sat there and they told us a story about a family who was flying to London from New York and they had their passports stolen while they were on the plane. They had their passports getting on the plane. When they got off the plane, they didn't. So what did the English customs people do? Send them back immediately. They said, no, you have to get on a flight back. That should have happened to us, but it didn't. I didn't have any form of identification. My older sister, I think it just turned 16. Maybe, I don't remember. So she didn't have identification. My little sister was like, bro, like 10? I don't know. We didn't have government IDs or anything. So they just had, they had to rely on my parents' driver's license. And that was it. I don't know how they let us in or what. But we got home. And until, like, December of 2021, I did not have a passport ever since. I think I went, like, six years without having a passport. I don't know. I guess I wasn't, like, traveling out of the country or anything. But someone in France is just booling around with my passport. It's expired now because when you turn... 16 I think passports go from lasting five years to 10 years and I got it when I was like 12 or 13 so it's definitely expired now but yeah in theory someone stole my identity I guess not really because that involves social security numbers but my passport's just floating around in France somewhere probably in a trash can and the best part was I think it was like four years later 
my mom gets an envelope in the mail from France. And she's like, what the hell is this? And it's her old driver's license. They're like, oh yeah, we found this in a garbage can. Four years after it happened. Bruh, what are the odds? That just, wow. So what I took away from that massive failure that resulted in a lot of stress, in a lack of identity, a a waste of, it was just a lot. What I was able to take away from that is, one, always listen to your parents. When they tell you to do something, please just do it. Because there's always a reasoning that you might not understand. Two, just pay attention. Have you guys ever seen those YouTube videos where they're like, all right, count how many times, you know, this goes back and forth. Like they throw the ball back and forth. And in the background, there's like a guy in a monkey suit running across the screen and they're changing the backdrop and you don't realize it until they point it out. It was one of those scenarios. If someone tells you to pay attention to something, don't go sit on your phone. It is so easy to follow direction, pay attention, because if not, bad things could happen. You could be stranded in a foreign country for five more days with no identification, no means to pay for anything, no place to stay. Oh, and you're 13 with your your family. And also, please make paper copies of your passports when you are traveling outside the country. Make photocopies, keep one in your purse, one in your luggage, one in your backpack, one in your wallet, one on you. It does not just have an unlimited supply because God forbid you lose your passport and you can't get to the embassy and you have to get into the United States with a photocopy of your passport. It worked for me and my family. Will it work again? Who knows? But somehow... My parents are miracle workers, and they managed to pull it off. So thank you, Mom and Dad, for dealing with my crappy little 13-year-old self who didn't pay attention and was way too busy trying to beat her high score on Doodle Jump to pay attention to the fact that arguably our most valuable possessions at that time were being stolen. The next failure we're going to talk about is failing to be yourself. And that sounds like a heavy topic, but I do have some real funny stories that go with this. Let me take you back to last semester in the spring. My two best friends, Rose Gracie and myself, are frequent attendees at a frat here on Auburn's campus. And we got to know them pretty well. I won't be saying the name of the frat for privacy, but also that this is just embarrassing on my part, whatever. So we used to go to this frat probably like twice a week. We were boys with all of the members and I guess like the pledges and everyone who was in our grade and like age category. And also some of the older people, like the president of the frat now grew up like 45 minutes from me we went to rival high schools it's weird because we're in Alabama and I'm from Pennsylvania whatever so I remember sitting there and I was just trying my best to be me what I was still trying to figure out who I am as a person I was trying to figure out 
how to display who I want to be as a person and whatever. And at the time, and still to this day, my best friend Rose consistently gets hit on. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that she just slays the day in every scenario that she's in. Or it's the fact that she's beautiful and blonde. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's me. Who knows? But she always gets hit on. And half of the members of this frat are in love with her. Genuinely, I think like six or seven of them. Off the top of my head, I could probably list five. That at some point were genuinely obsessed with her. And I remember I was still trying to figure out what I liked, who I was. And I'm still trying to figure that out to this day. I was trying to embrace you know, who I am, my confidence, whatever. And I remember sitting in this frat at some point and one of the guys that was in love with her at the time, honestly still might be in love with her, who knows? Haven't seen him in a grip. But he puts his arm around Rose and I just make a, like, I'm making a joke. I'm like, damn Rose, why do you always pull, like, bruh, why? Like, how is it even possible that you pull this many men? And when I tell you, the man that had just wrapped his arm around Rose looks at me up and down and goes, yeah, Paige, I mean, you're hot, I guess, but you'd look better blonde. Oh, my God. Bruh. I think about that so frequently and I just laugh because one, I would look horrendous as a blonde. I legitimately dyed my hair darker after that was said because it looked better on me. But also, why was I slightly offended by that? At that time, I was failing to recognize who I wanted to be as a person and I was letting other people's thought processes influence how I felt about myself but why was I letting a frat boy look me up and down and tell me that I would look better blonde and then let my feelings get hurt by that this man does not know me as a person at least very well like we aren't friends I guess at the time we weren't friends like this man does not know me as a person he has not spent enough time with me he probably doesn't even know my last name And I let my feelings get hurt? Bruh. Literally why? And so what I took away from that failure to be myself is that nobody else's opinion matters. And I think that as a woman or a female in college, it's really easy to let other people's opinions affect how you see yourself. But when you take a step back, give it some time because everything is clearer with time. You'll realize they were not looking out for my best interest. Like that was just a guy who was in love with my best friend and probably just wanted to go on a date with her or make out with her or whatever. His opinion should not reflect how I felt about myself. 
And it goes the same for when my two best friends looked at me after I cut my own bangs and they said, Paige, your hair looks horrendous. That looks bad. Go get it fixed. It was in that scenario that, wow, yeah, my feelings are kind of hurt. But those two people, Rose and Gracie, were looking out for my best interest. Not this random frat boy telling me I would look better blonde. But my two best friends who know me, who have met my family, who have met my sisters, who have been with me through some of my hardest moments. They're allowed to sit there and tell me I look stupid. And my feelings are allowed to be hurt. But I have to take that information and process it as they care about me. They just don't want me walking around looking stupid. Don't fail to recognize the importance of their opinions because they care about you. The final story to wrap this up is honestly, it's more just embarrassing than it is a failure. But I just am feeling the need to share anyway. So Rose, Gracie, and I are making our first appearance at said frat from the last story. It was our first time there, whatever. And so we're hanging out for some reason in my head. I'm trying to be cool. Why? I don't know. I was just starting college. Something was going on in my brain. Whatever. We get to this frat and we're talking to some of the members and someone's like, go up to that guy and call him so-and-so, which was like his title, but it was like a nickname title. Essentially, I go up to this guy. We're going to call him Steve. His name is not Steve. But I go up to Steve and I'm like calling him this name and it's funny. And then I'm talking to him. And at some point I notice he's wearing a watch. Mind you, I don't know where my brain was because I am so stupid. Like I look back on this and I'm genuinely embarrassed that these words came out of my mouth. But I look at this man and I was like, is that a Rolex? Oh my God, Paige. This is a college boy. Probably, I think he was one year older than me. Why would he have a Rolex? And then he was like, no, is that a Rolex? Bruh, I was wearing an Apple watch. I'm not one to talk. And then I was like, damn, that should be a Rolex. Bruh, I'm so dumb. Like, I genuinely look back on this moment and I'm so embarrassed. And it's funny now because Steve and I have rehashed our relationship but let me tell you the consequences of my actions wow did I have to face them because after my first appearance there I was quote-unquote blacklisted not for real because I think they have like an actual blacklist I think all frats have an actual blacklist where they're like this person genuinely cannot come back and I definitely wasn't on that one because what I said was stupid but I could not show my face at that frat for the rest of the semester. And this was in, like, September. Oh, my God. It was so bad. And then, so I just never talked to this guy again. I am absolutely terrified of him. I go to a few of these frat events, and I do my best to avoid this man at all costs. Because, one, I don't know if he remembers me. Two, if he remembers me, he would probably hate me. I would hate me too. Three, he would be like, why the hell are you here? I told you never to come back. Which, 
did he directly say that to my face? No. Did he tell one of the pledges to tell me that I should not show my face there again? Yes. So that was September of my freshman year. Then we're going to fast forward all the way to like February of 2022 of my freshman year. For some reason, I'm walking home. I see Steve and I'm like, Steve, I need to apologize for being an absolute terrible person. Like, I don't know what was going through my head. I'm sorry for being such a raging asshole. Like, I sucked. And then we laugh about it, blah, blah, blah. And then we're cool. And at this point, it's just a running joke now between my friends and myself. My best friends and I fly up to New York because they had never been. And we go for spring break. We're walking around. We're in Soho. And I'm like, oh, my God, guys, there's a Rolex store. Please take my picture. So I go under the flag and I pose and I post it on Instagram. And Steve ends up commenting on my Instagram. Oh, good. Now I know where to get my watch. Oh, that's when I finally realized, like, okay, it's funny now. Like, this man genuinely doesn't hate you. And basically, I just failed at making a good impression. What did I take away from this story? Don't be a raging asshole. Maybe think before you speak a little bit. But at the end of the day, Steve and I are acquaintances I wouldn't go out of my way to call us friends, but if I saw him, I would say hello. Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed some of my failures. Maybe you learned something. Hopefully you got a laugh at me being stupid throughout the course of my life. Hopefully you at least learned to make photocopies of your passports if you're leaving the country. And maybe pay attention when your parents tell you to. I love all of my approximately four listeners. Mom and dad, shout out to you if you're listening to this. I'm sorry for losing our passports. I promise I won't lose the one I have now. I love you all. Do something stupid today. But nothing stupid enough to get you in a lot of trouble. Maybe just like post a funny picture on your Instagram story. All right, that's all. Have a great day. Bye.